at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. We want, and what we want to do, 
we want And what we want is the jam So sit back and enjoy the band Smoke signal that was locals and welcome to down ballot. We do the show live every Friday, every every ish Friday, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, right here at twitch.tv slash media. If you're checking out the podcast version of this show, uh, go ahead and follow us over there on Twitch and make sure you're following the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. We happen to not be on your podcatcher of choice, we're easy enough to find, and you can uh complain at us about it. Uh, coming, coming to us from a little bit down the way, but also uh, coming to us on the world's first webcam. We have the councilman. What's up? Sup? Just sliding in at the last moment here. Good to see you, producer Dave, as always. Just coming in from a an in person barbecue. It's it, the world is changing as we uh, as we sit here and live and breathe. Or change. at least it's getting back to normal. I don't know. Yeah, changing for the better. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, ex- excited to be back out and about. Looking forward to another wonderful episode of Down Ballot. Do you have any fabulous plans for the weekend? Not really. Um, I guess <clears throat> I have, I'm getting together with the bike party people to, for a planning meeting tomorrow, but that's not really fabulous and exciting. But it'll be the first time I've seen them in person in fucking a long time, so I guess it is kind of fabulous and exciting. Absolutely. It's always good to see people IRL. Yeah, so we're trying to... we're. We're working out the route a little bit for a July bike party, trying to make sure that one of those regroups is at that Monopoly board at Discovery Meadow. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like my favorite place to play. And it's been, I missed last year's event, so. Well, well good. You getting your bike all fixed up? Oh, I mean, I can't ride when I play. Oh, true. That's true. Uh, but you're getting your, getting your gear all ready to go. Um, I mean, you just close, there's a thing behind me, you just close it. That's all you have to do? He's close it and throw it in the back of somebody's car, you know? I thought you were like a magician or something. No, no, there's not much to do, but I can't wait. And uh, it'll be good to see everybody, especially Enrique. And I think uh, Mark, who moved away, not away away, but far enough away that he isn't at all the bike party stuff. I think he's going to be there at the planning meeting this time, too. So that'll be cool. Oh, very cool. Nice. Nice. We'll have fun with that. Welcome back, bike party. Welcome back, San Jose. Welcome back, Viva Calle in September. Oh, that's right. I bet September we're playing. 19. I- I, I should mention that to the fucking. I should mention that to everybody tomorrow because we're probably going to have a little little tent and shit there. For bike I party. would imagine so. We always do. So, I was thinking they should just do the Viva Kai like week, like given that we're all we're all just fiending to come back. Let's like, just take a week, shut it all down, no work, no streets, no cars, party, throw down. I think like a week might be a little too long. I think some people might wild out a little too much, get into fights and shit. But maybe three days. Three yeah, okay. Like Three-day weekend of it? Yeah, a little Friday through Sunday or Saturday through Monday, maybe. Take, that way, create a short week the next week, right? So once you're all partied out, you only have four days of work. Something um, like that. Something yeah, like I, that. I, could, I could definitely see it becoming a purge situation for sure very quickly, especially in San, <laughs> especially in San Jose. They're fucking, people are fucking crazy here. The liquor store runs out of beer and it turns into the Hunger Games. Yeah, absolutely. Right down the street from us. They ran out of, ran out of tortillas recently. It was a mess. Well, we'll get to that later in the show. Yeah, what is our what do we have for leading off this week? Uh, I think it's something you grab, but um, we're we're celebrating uh, producer Dave because uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, 
we're getting pretty close to herd immunity here in Santa Clara County, if nowhere else in the country. So uh, we're, we're doing pretty well. We're one of the best counties in the, in the, the nation, from what I understand, as far as vaccinations. So uh, because of that, just means that they're changing up the vaccination delivery service, going from macro to micro. Fantastic. So well, we're going to learn more. We're going to learn more about that in this bit from uh, our good friends at NBC Bay Area. And we know that we know what's going to happen when we when I press the play button. The video because it's NBC Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> the, we are moving forward five months and more than three hundred fifty three thousand shots later. Whew. Tonight, the crew at Levi Stadium gave out that last poke in the arm. Santa Clara County and the 49ers organization are winding down the mass vaccination site. As NBC Barry's Ted Hugantana tells us, it's mission accomplished for the staff who made the site so successful. The sun has set on the Levi Stadium mass vaccination site, one of the biggest and longest running in the state. There's some celebration for the last person to get her shot here. All right, my dear, you are fully vaccinated. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> This was her second shot. She had been resistant to getting the vaccine, but then she saw what happened to her family in India earlier this month. They all got COVID-19. My mom and dad got vaccinated for, uh, fully in India, so they got few symptoms rather than the other people who uh, did not get vaccinated even the first dose. So I thought that, yeah, vaccine really makes a lot of difference. Are you comfortable where you're sitting? The last teenager to get her shot here also got some fanfare. What we wanted to do is we wanted to honor you no by giving you a football from the 49ers. Nikki Singh's parents wanted to delay her shots for a few weeks to see how other teens they knew would react. One of her friends got her first shot as soon as she was eligible. Then six weeks later, she got the second one and she's feeling good. So we thought, OK, yeah, let's go ahead and get it. This is Nikki's first jab. She's already been scheduled for her second at one of Santa Clara County's other sites that will continue operating. For all the people who made the Levi Stadium vaccination operation work, tonight is bittersweet. As some employees broke down the vaccination tables, others signed each other's vests. Just the experience being here has been, it's been awesome actually. We are just so thankful that the community came together and came to the vaccination site and got vaccinated. Levi Stadium mass vaccination site is now closed because the workers here got so good at getting shots into people's arms up to 12,000 a day at its peak giving Santa Clara County one of the highest vaccination rates in the country. In Santa Clara, Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Thank I mean, I kind of knew that this county was going to have one of the highest vaccine rates in the country. One of the things I complain about is all the fucking engineers and shit, but those people are also going to tend to be less likely to be vaccine hesitant. And we yeah, they're so oversampled. And they're also interacting with their friends, their families, people who may not be in tech, and they may be out there hopefully reassuring some people. And I also think that uh, just trust in public health here seems higher than other places in no small part due to the fact that Valley Medical Center is one of the top fucking public hospitals in the country. And I think that it's just all those things, like a lot of other stuff together too. Um, the fact that outside of San Jose, the other cities are all kind of like little communities. And even within San Jose, there are little places that are like communities. I think that helps too. Whereas like, and, and just that, I don't know, I don't know where you got your, your vaccine, but I went to Levi's Stadium and that was the fucking most efficient shit I have ever seen. Very nice. No, I got it at, uh, uh, the good wife and I got it through Kaiser at one of their uh, big sites. It's actually near Levi's um, at a, a hotel and a big gala center. In fact, it was funny. We, we had just, the last time we had been there was for a, like a gala rubber chicken, you know, charity dinner. 
and then we were back in the same room only getting our vax um but you know very efficient very straight very straightforward in and out both times very very well done you're right i mean i think all signs point to yes here we've got a lot of you know um uh we've got a lot of forward-thinking people a lot of engineers people who believe in science um predominant you know more more often than not you know well-educated trusting right the, the um i lost sound from you how's that how's no that? i have not lost sound from you sorry uh we got a lot of neighborhood groups that are you know and neighborhood leaders who are trustworthy and a lot of co trusted community partners so once we got over the hump of delivery and making sure that you know pockets of our community especially lower income pockets people of color um immigrant communities were getting their fair share right their equitable share once we got past that i think that was the biggest hurdle and now um Interesting, we're seeing, uh, there was some polling information that came before the Board of Supervisors this week about who is still resistant, like the pockets of the community that are still resistant. And there's actually pockets of men, um, mm -hmm. white men, mm -hmm. who are uh, in, in the big hesitancy group. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the other groups, but that was a predominant group was white males was a, a challenge area I, for them. With, I'd, bet, you know? I'd bet white, I'd bet a high, like mid high to high socioeconomic class too. Yes, very much so. If I was going to guess, there, yeah. um, <clears throat> the anti-vaccine movement was largely before this sort of associated with like, let's be honest, like rich, rich housewives in Napa or some shit. Right. Right. Like, but it, you know, that might've been incorrect just that just because that's what the influencers looked like or whatever within the movement that might've been incorrect because we we have more accurate data as to who's vaccine hesitant now. And it seems like it's not that group of people. Yeah, no, I, I would say so. Um, and, uh, we just have to ha happen to have more of those folks here as it were. So, Hey, so good on you, Santa Clara County. Good on you neighbors. I'm proud of us. So the next story, it might seem kind of boring, but I picked it up because me and a friend of mine, rich and uh, my friend Frank used to always go and like volunteer for the Silicon Valley gay men's chorus. Um, first of all, I mean, those dudes always had beer and if you were volunteering, <laughs> like you got to, you know, after the event was over and stuff, you, they, they all would get drunk at, in the theater. It was fun. It was like a fun time. You got to see the event for free and like, it was, it was a nice thing to do. Right. So that's kind of why I picked this. And, um, <clears throat> I stopped volunteering just like I didn't have time anymore. And, um, but I, I was going to go with my parents to the Christmas one we had planned it for 2020 like like basically right after Christmas 2019 we're like shit we didn't go to that mm. and then we couldn't go oh. we couldn't go to their Christmas event because of COVID and so I just picked this story out it looks like they did a virtual pride showcase with oh, the very nice. gay men's chorus with everybody all in these different places and I it seems like it went well here's a here's a hit from Fox 2 KTV KTVU assuming it plays Oh, 
that's the very beautiful sound of the very talented San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Just makes you want to smile, doesn't it? And coming up tomorrow, you too can sing and dance along with them virtually for a special Pride performance here with us this afternoon is artistic director Tim Seelig. Uh, tomorrow's concert, boy, it is set up to be amazing. Tell us a little bit about what you have planned. Here's the best part about tomorrow evening's virtual concert. It's our last virtual concert. <laughs> yes. the that guy needs his own fucking podcast or streaming channel. That guy's got the voice. You hear him? Right. Oh, man. Got that voice. Got that voice for radio for show. <laughs> the next time we'll be live on this thing called a stage with mm. an audience like, you know, laughing and clapping and coughing all the wonderful things we've missed. So that's what we're excited about, that it's this part of, of our history is now almost past. Yeah. That being said, tomorrow night's a blast. Send him a mic and an One interface. Tell him to come on my it's show. Free, right? And it includes um, local love, baby, and some really famous. Oh, I probably could get them on. Right? Local music. And um, I guess what I would say is, well, it's just it's really just too much fun. Some really poignant moments. It highlights the 40th anniversary of the 1981 national tour that the Gay Men's Chorus took in obviously 1981 and it's an amazing story yeah looking forward to seeing that I, you mentioned the world premieres and i know that obviously before the pandemic you know you had big plans you were working on on things but tomorrow you will finally get the chance to to actually showcase these performances it's true i will say that we have a world premiere written by Leanne Rimes, and she sings with us on it. It's spectacular. Snap. Also, one of the things that we canceled. You know what I'm thinking is probably cool is that <clears throat> when they're getting their recordings for this, I like how they're doing their overlay like we do ours too with the guy over here talking over it while they're, fucking, they're, they're learning. But um, oh, yeah. what's probably cool about this is that each one of these people is in a different room that's got like a different room sound and a like slightly different reverb that you're never, and you're never going to get that that mix of like room sound and reverb and like reflection on their voice in any right. hall. Right. And they're all, it's all kind of coming together, right. In one space. Um, yeah, very interesting. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by how they're able to sync this, this stuff up. I don't know if they record these all separately. They and record, then, I'm sure that they send like a click track or like a, like a reference file to everybody and right. they sing along with it. They, they can't possibly the click track. The There's laws no of physics, the laws of physics like dictate that you cannot jam over the internet right i figured as much yeah I, I tried it was not it was not happening um especially as you know with the lag on internet in my neck of the woods too even when we reset the device um but yeah i know it's it's great I, I think this is fabulous it's it's great that um these musicians and more are able to just still you know express themselves and, and embrace their passion and help people through this crisis um uh through their sound so that's that's beautiful i can't wait to get out and see live music again though god i can't wait I'm ready to premiere of a huge work called At Queer Z. And we're uh, doing the world premiere, obviously, of uh, a beautiful piece called 28 Barbary Lane uh, by a young, a very young man who is talking about having found tales of the city for the first time and doing a book report in school. It's just uh, adorable and we love it so much. And then there's I'm a mature a, kid. I wonder how old tales of the city is kind of a dark story. The gay community. <laughs> and it is hilarious kid, though. to um, to people that need to hear what the gay community feels and thinks. Like I said, looking forward to all of all of those performances. Um, 
explain how people can 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 watch. Where where can we see this? Well, I just would say that at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow, we're going to be everywhere. <laughs> we will be on YouTube and we'll be on Facebook. The easiest way to find us is yo the, the, yo they left they're leaving it all on the table by not doing this on Twitch. But like, like right? not airing whatever they're doing, and they're leaving it all on the table because it Twitch seems is built perfect. for it. Yeah, it's built designed for this. Uh, and maybe we should tell them. And yeah, well, this it may have already the ship may have already sailed. But uh, true. there's also just like a lot of like queer creators and stuff on here. And it's always been like a place like unlike YouTube where like you check it, check the YouTube comments. Anybody who's uh, outwardly uh, queer presenting or just mentions that they're uh, a queer person, you know, you'll lo just look at the comments. You see the uh, you'll see like all kinds of stuff you don't want to see. Right. We're here on Twitch is just a lot less prominent. So. Right. Well, I, I feel like we should let them know for future endeavors. SFGMC, San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, uh, dot, dot. Com. And you can find us there. You can find us on our Facebook page or um, just everywhere you can find us. You can go to YouTube and look for San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Hopefully, we'll be very easy to find. Yeah, we're also put up a link on our website. Great. I, I know that this has been a very challenging year. You know, it has been for all of us, but, but you quickly pivoted. Talk a little bit about the impact that, that this pandemic ha has had on the chorus. Uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to calculate really until we get back and see, uh, you know, survey the the damage as it were. We have 300 members, and we have right at 50 of those members who have moved out of the Bay Area. So mm. we are already just heartbroken to have lost as many singers as we have. But the one of the things about uh, this chorus aside from our mission and our music is the fact that it's a family. And as everyone knows through this pandemic, when we've not been able to be with our family, it's the hardest part of all. And very soon we'll get to do that. Yeah, it certainly has been. Well, looking forward to tomorrow's performance. And as you mentioned, the final virtual performance. Thanks again and, and good Thank luck you. tomorrow. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Oh, that was Aww. a good story. We never do good stories, but that was a good story. Also, someone we, in the chat uh, knows people in the chorus. Maybe maybe we will get them on Local Love. That'll be fantastic. I think that'd be great. That'd be a great get, even just a few of them. Um, I mean, fun. this thing that we do, this thing, system we have here, like, like the whole fucking chorus could come on. Their computers might melt, but mine won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. Let's get them on. But yeah, no, I, it, it's great to have... Uh, you know, the occasional uplifting inspirational story here on down ballot, because we do tend to get into the, the derpiness and the underbelly of everything around here in the Bay area. And it's great to see that there's, and it's good to a good reminder that there's, there are good things happening everywhere and all the time. So, uh, just got to poke around, right? This town does have a heart. All right. So, well, n now that we've had our winner for the week, we should move on to winners and losers because well, there's no winners. There's no winners there. Uh, the first story I picked actually doesn't have video or the video disappeared, but we can talk about it a little bit anyway. It looks What's like happening. looks like, well, as as we start to as the Bay Area as a whole done a pretty good job, I, I think, on uh, COVID-19. Like you said, there's little pockets here and there. But as that as we start to come out of that, it looks like the wildfires are starting. And we had a pretty wicked drought this past year that nobody was talking. Not that nobody talked about it. I'm sure there were stories about it. It just wasn't like at or near the front of the conversation about what's going on either locally or regionally. And yep. it looks like the whole fucking shit's going to catch on fire again, like last year. 
Yeah, no, it's it's not. It hasn't gotten any better. Um, we have reached what is called, ironically, exceptional drought stage here in California and most of the Western region. Um, exceptional meaning we are at an extreme, more than extreme, right? There's extreme, and now we're apparently we're at exceptional. I know that we love being exceptional. We're Americans, but it's not exactly. <laughs> this is not exactly the top the list you want to be on the top of. Uh, you want to be on this exceptional list. You do not want to be on this this nice list. Um, cause this means that, uh, we're out of water. Um, and that combined with record high temperatures driven by climate change, uh, combined with, you know, old faulty PG and E wiring and, and electrical wiring combined with, uh, wind and breezy conditions combined with jackasses and the, uh, illegal fireworks and setting fires out in the middle of nowhere. And a bunch of folks, unfortunately forced to live on the streets and occasionally, um, you know, making fires and occasionally those fires causing bigger fires right i'm not blaming anyone but it's just what it where it is um all of these factors combine to make this like a one big fire state one big fucking tinderbox right now and you're right it hasn't gotten the publicity it deserves because we've been dealing so much with the immediate crisis of the pandemic right and surviving that but longer term we're we're looking at a big problem here and um there's not a whole lot of solution around it we don't have a lot of water we don't have, we, our water storage systems are old and outdated we even had to down here in the south bay anderson reservoir has been shut down for the next 10 years so no one's getting any water out, out of that for the next 10 years because they're retrofitting it and making it you know safer <laughs> um so yeah it's a bad state of affairs i i would definitely not want to live on I, I this is one of the times where i'm happy to live right in the heart of a city or a you know a more a, a, a concrete uh yeah. The, the concrete, concrete doesn't catch on fire. Correct. Yeah. So I would much rather live here than in sort of the edge of town in Almaden or Evergreen or San Martin or some of the, the more outlying areas because they're they're the ones that are going to get touched off if these wildfires encroach on uh, on uh, homes. Um, so we're relatively safe here, but it doesn't mean we're not immune. You know, this, that smoke goes everywhere. If it's, like you said, the laws of physics, right? So uh, Jer Jerry's K-hole in the chat is saying the Pacific Northwest has already started. There's start fires up there too, and it's going to be over 100 degrees in Seattle, which is for like a couple days coming up. And that's like that does that's insane. Seattle, like it's it's not like it's like freezing and doesn't doesn't really snow there, but 100 is high. It's like um, yeah, it's much more rare for it to be 100 there than for here. And it used to be rare yeah. that it was a fucking 100 here. And now every summer we're going to have 110 degree days again this summer. I guarantee it. Sure. It's where we have another one coming next week, looks like, or at least, or maybe one this weekend. So tomorrow is supposed to be very hot. So keep your pets indoors. Watch out. Um, the good wife and I are going out to events for the first time in a while tomorrow, but we're, we're going to keep it indoors. Um, so stay cool. And yeah, please, for the love of God, like it's, it's dangerous enough out there, right? Lightning could strike and start a fire. You know, nature can start their own fires. Don't fuck around and make it worse, right? Like don't, don't start anything unnecessarily, right? Um, Nature is one thing, but your cigarette butt or your, you know, you're forgetting to put the fire out at your campsite or your dumbass illegal fireworks, you know, get your, get your rocks off some other way than, uh, you know, burning up our, our landscape and ruining lots of lives. I decided to quit buying cigarettes again, you know, for fire safety. Congratulations. <laughs> whatever, whatever gets you there, whatever gets you there. So um, what I just remember from last year is like, it was like like August or something. Right. And you mm -hmm. couldn't see 500 feet. You had to yeah. wear a mask. The sun was this little tiny red dot in the sky. The cars right. had soot on them. And I was just like walking to the store thinking this is highly abnormal. 
everything that's going on right now is highly <laughs> abnormal but here i am just strolling to the store to get like yep. a french loaf and some cheese and some mayo because i'm out of those <laughs> things and i just thought how fucking strange that was it, it was like end of days right like you walked outside and combined with the pan, combined with the pandemic right so everyone's wearing masks and you're already a little you're already a little squeamish about going out and being around people and then you're right you can't see down the street it's brown or orange most most likely like it was it was like really hot like red orange right all day um, no matter where you looked, it looked like, you know, post post nuclear apocalypse. Um, and then on top of that, then there were protests, right? So people were actually out in the streets and there was tear gas and f- helicopters and, uh, you know, flashbangs going off every which way and people shouting and chanting. It was, it was wild, man. That was one crazy fucking summer. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be any better or worse, uh, this summer, except for, you know, Derek Trevin got 22 years and we, you know, we, we may not have to wear masks all the time now. Um, but we're going to get the smoke. We're going to get the fires again. So be ready and just be prepared. And if someone fucking tells you to evacuate, evacuate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I don't care where you are. If you're like, if you're like, Oh no, I'm in the city. This is silly. Get the fuck out. If you can, yes. and if you can't, yes. by the way, if you live locally here and you if, say you're in the East Hills and you got to evacuate, it ain't much. But if you're, if you're within earshot of my show, you can sleep on the fucking little, little fucking memory foam here <laughs> in my studio. Dude, it's super comfy. I have had to crash on it. So yeah, take take him up on that. And yeah, and the good wife and I have an extra room, an extra bed. So if you are if you need a place to stay, and you you got my you got our cell phone number. Well, that's good for up. me to know if the entire West Side catches on fire. But that would oh, be absolutely. like temporary accommodations because then you know where, you, we're you know not where that we far live. away. Yeah, like, you know I can ride my bike to your place in twenty minutes, so the fire oh, yeah, could we, be there we in got, fifteen. We got room. We can set up a studio for you here. No problem. It'd be it'd be on. We're we're actually getting our. Um, we're getting our studio built. I don't know if I could show it to you, but I'm, I'm afraid of moving my camera. But uh, right over here, we're getting our little studio finally finished off. Oh, studio let me know, slash let me know, storage let me, space. Let me know if you need help or if you would yep. like to add capabilities to your systems or whatever. You know me. I I'll, love that I'll, shit. We'll, we'll be hitting you up. We'll be hitting you up. Paint, paint is the first thing. Uh, <laughs> paint and um, <clears throat> these little fucking foam things. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got we got some of those already, but we haven't put them up. We want to paint it white so it'll it'll you know make it, make the space feel bigger. That's what they say. Have media want uh, to make you a painting and shit to put behind you too. Anyway, we digress, go. which is probably the better part of the show than when we're actually trying to cover the news. Um, right. Well, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll move back to San Francisco because rent was going down. Well, rent is no longer going down and I'm not moving back to San Francisco. Here's the next story. Making it in the Bay, our ongoing series about the challenges of living here. The Bay Area rental market continues to rise. According to rental website Zumper, the average one bedroom in San Francisco what the fuck is, is 2800 bucks a month. That's up 5%. On the peninsula, Palo Alto is up also 5% at over $2,600 a month. A Mountain View rental costs 2300 up 3.6%. Santa Clara is also up 5%. Santa Clara looking like a deal. 2200 a month. Oakland has seen the smallest jump at just 1%. An average rental for a one bedroom in Oakland is 2000 bucks. Santa Clara ain't bad. Shit. 21 <laughs> Yeah, Santa Clara looking like a deal. San Jose ain't on that list. Do you know what's going on with San? I, I oh, hi. Want to say uh, San Jose yeah. actually went up. Yeah, I imagine so. It was um, going down. It was tracking down, but um, we're 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 back. <laughs> people need of, rentals. A lot of people who left uh, San Francisco actually ended up coming down to the South Bay. Um, Interesting. Closer and to work. People f- closer to work, and it was cheaper at the time. Yeah. Uh, some a lot of people a lot of people from San Francisco were finding out ended up in Gilroy, Morgan Hill. Uh, some people even ended up in Tracy. Yeah. Well, and, the, and the folks that came to San Jose probably, <laughs> or the folks that were in San Jose had left to get make, make room because they can't afford it. 
Um, well, yeah, it's, 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 the rent is still too damn high. And if there's any, I mean, it's a sad state of affairs out there, but if, but if there's any way you can afford a down payment, you might as well go fucking find a condo or a home to buy. Honestly, if you're going to dump, if you're going to be dumping 2,500, 2,700 a month into rent and you don't own that place, even you're not getting any equity, you're just throwing it down to have a roof over your head. Try and find a bank that'll give you a loan and get that down payment and just start putting that money down on, on house and building equity and building wealth. Um, that's there's really a great, the only way we're getting out of this. There's a great meme on Twitter. People are like, oh, you're not going to approve me for a mortgage for $1,600 a month. Great. I'll just go rent this place for $2,200 a month. Thanks. Right. right. Which it's, I do qualify for. Thanks. Right. How, how shitty is that? Right. And that's true. That's the truth. Most, a lot of people can't qualify for a mortgage where you'd be paying the same monthly payment more than likely every month, if not less than you're paying for a shitty apartment. Right. So what, where are our priorities? I have no fucking idea, but we got to figure this shit out because it's not getting any better. It's not like we could, we could build a ton of housing. You could open up a ton of new housing tomorrow. It's not going to drive the price of housing down at all. It might like, reduce the rate of inflation and then reduce the, the reduce the, inc the incremental increase, but it's not going to solve anything. Even if we had all the housing that was in the pipeline on the market tomorrow, it's not going to bring the, it's not going to bring the price down substantially enough for, to solve the problem, which is that people just can't afford the rent. <laughs> well, no, people are buying, people are buying fucking like HK when he lived in um, Sunnyvale, he said that maybe only one out of five of the people in his neighborhood of single family homes that he just based on what he was seeing were homeowners. Everybody else was renting because he's in the, these um, yeah. instead of investing in stocks or whatever, like people were just investing in, you know, companies were existed just to buy houses and rent them out that. And then you've got, I think you've also got, um, you know, folks who are cashing out, but they're not going to, they're not going to sell their house, right? They rent it. Right. And then they move someplace where the rent where, you know, they can get a nice cheap mortgage somewhere out, out of town. Right. They do their retirement in Tracy or somewhere in like Sonoma and they rent the house. They don't sell the house they have here. They rent it because um, they, they can make a ton more money over time um, doing that. Even even get a property manager, get someone to stay, you know, someone to stay in town and look over their their empire. My parents um, were telling me they come from a time where it was actually cheaper to live in a city than the suburbs. And their plan was to you know, mm. get a nice house in the suburbs. And then eventually sell it or rent it out and then move to a dense area when they get older so they don't need cars, so they can walk to the store. And that's not how they could do it, but that's, it's not going to play out the way that they thought it would. So they're going to, they end up, they end up staying put and they mm -hmm. don't need, <clears throat> like they've got a two story house with a fucking pool. It's like, and it's like their house is as big as the whole fucking fourplex that I live in. Like they got a big house, but like up there's in the no mountains. incentive for them to move to Walnut Creek, Campbell, Los Gatos, yeah. because yeah. they're, if they sell their house, then they're just paying their, you know, they're. They could sure they could buy something, but they're not coming out ahead like they thought they would by buying something smaller right. in a denser area. So right. uh, my dad, not so mad because nothing pisses him off. My mom pissed. She's like, <laughs> I want to live in a nice building with an elevator. Thank you very much. <laughs> and the denser areas aren't really coming online as fast as we wanted them to here. And especially in the South Bay and in, in Santa Clara County and San Jose, right? There's all sorts of plans for it. That's really what the goal is. And that's the theory is that seniors and or older, let's shall we say retired people or more experienced people, they're a lot like youth and teenagers and 20 somethings and millennials, they don't, you know, they want a nice walkable community where they can get around and do all their shit without having to get into a car. Right. Um, so we all kind of want the same things, which is interesting. So, um, but it's just not happening as quickly as we'd like, right. Uh, because of resistance and other factors, financial and otherwise. So, so political will rounding out winners and losers tonight. We have 
the tortilla incident. And I've heard so much about the tortilla incident that I feel comfortable getting up and going and getting another beer. Go for it. I'm drinking Scrimshaw tonight, by the way. Fucking shout out to, Very shout tasty. Out to North Coast Brewery. Um, <clears throat> but here's the tortilla incident. If you haven't heard about it and you heard about it here first, then I don't know. This is the only podcast you listen to or the only place you get your news. And we thank <laughs> you for be, it, I guess. It's sad, but we thank you. With a major development and a story we have been tracking closely this week, the tortilla throwing incident after that basketball game between Coronado High and Orange Glen High School. Well, tonight during a special meeting, the Coronado Unified School District voted unanimously to fire Coronado's basketball coach. I think with the actions of their staff that night and how they handled the entire situation, um, I think firing was the correct call. And I think firing of the head coach today is holding people accountable. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for other accountability as more comes out of the investigation. But this is a great first step. Tonight's decision comes after national notoriety and a lot of emotional testimony from the community. Many of them insisted there be consequences for what happened. Other people asked the board to take its time. NBC7's Dave Summers has that part of our story. It was standing room only here with the Coronado Unified School District board meeting. There were some hard feelings and sincere concerns about this tortilla throwing incident. Before the board fired the head coach, they listened to more than an hour's worth of public comment Here's what people had to say. What the heck? The video making social media rounds in the major media headlines went from viral to verbal at CUSD's board meeting. This was a racial incident, no matter how it was cut. I don't care who stands here and says anything otherwise. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're Latina. I don't care what race they are. This was wrong and unjust. I don't care where it comes from. Board members heard from local activists like Yusuf Miller and this parent who says he knows one of the two players accused of throwing the tortillas. This is complicated. I coached one of those boys who threw those tortillas and he's a good kid. Well, no. He's stupid, but he's a good kid. Among those who came to address the board Tuesday night, Coronado High School basketball team captain Wayne McKinney. Throwing this tortilla is, you know, at a predominantly Hispanic school, it doesn't look good. But on my end, I don't believe that we intended to really make it about race. It was never. Well, you're wrong, too. Uh, you're wrong, too. Uh, Everybody's wrong. McKinney yes. says he had no part in the tortilla throwing and was at midcourt with his mother celebrating at the time. He defends the coaching staff, saying Coach J.D. LaPerry doesn't deserve to be fired for something he had nothing to do with. What I was told was uh, some a person from UC Santa Barbara brought the tortillas and gave them to, I don't know who they gave them to, but we weren't aware. Nobody on the team was aware. The coaching staff was not aware. I've been to UC Santa Barbara to visit friends. And the superintendent and school board were hasty in making a policy. They're always throwing tortillas. The coaches and team before a thorough investigation. You had no right insinuating their guilt for something you had no idea about when you did it. Why was there a rush? I don't understand. Why not? Yo, the other schools like all Latino fucking student, Latino students, and he threw fucking tortillas at them. We around rushing to judgment, Barbara. Right. <laughs> it's like, and on top of that, like, okay, your argument is you didn't think of that, or that didn't occur to you. Is your argument basically that 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 wouldn't that wouldn't occur to you that it might be considered racist or just might be like a classless thing to do in the first place? But no, it never occurred to you once. You know, so didn't think about that at all. Oh, give me a break. 
Um, Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Jerry in the and chat he's... mentions that they throw a lot of tortillas in the air at um at the beta breakers, but I don't think they're throwing them at anyone. No, they're throwing yeah, throwing them in the air. It's it's uh, I don't know. It, it it's a meme type of a thing. I mean, I I can I can sympathize, right? I can. Oh, we just thought it'd be something fucked up to do or fun to do is throw tortillas in the air if we won. But just think about the context. Know well, they didn't audience. throw them in the air. Like they the, threw them at the team, right? Is they different threw them than at, this. They threw them at the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they threw that's them just, at the other team. So right away, I mean, that's you know, forget the racial connotations. You know, we can't. But forget it for a second. Like that's just rude. You don't throw shit the at the other place. team, no matter what. Throw, but in period. this case, it's tortillas. Anything. Yeah, and, and, and they're like a team full of. Correct. Right. It's, it it'd be like throwing potatoes at, at the Irish kids or something. You know, or the Dambadondi uh, team. Or the Dambadondi team, right? <laughs> also, um, potatoes hurt. They do. They do. There's a tradition. I think Penn University, University of Penn, at their football games has a tradition of throwing toast, like white bread toast. I don't know where this fucking came from, but that's what they do. Um, but they don't throw again. They don't throw it at people. They throw it in the air, and it lands, and it makes a big fucking mess. Um, and it's fun, apparently. So, yeah, fig figure out something to do that's fun and not rude and not racist. Shouldn't be that hard. This doesn't but they're, but they're, good, they're good kids. They're good kids. ...outline procedures it will follow in investigating this incident. The superintendent expects it to take more than three to four weeks. In Coronado, I'm Dave Summers, NBC7. Now, the board did not take any action against players involved in this incident, although, according to the published agenda, it was part of the discussion in executive session. And they did not name the person or do anything about the person who brought the tortillas in in the first place. And at the same time as the school board meeting in Coronado, the Escondido Union High School District held its own meeting where members of the community shared their thoughts and feelings about the racist act in Coronado. The disgusting events that took place over the weekend are not new, but rather a physical manifestation of the years where we've had to endure racist words shouted to us during and after games. However, now there is video proof. So the next actions taken will be indicative of how OG is valued. I'll let this just be brushed off like everybody else is saying. I encourage the board to stand up for our students and set an example. Go above and beyond to ensure that our players receive support these Coronado students understand that their behavior was racist and wrong, and also that their coaching staff does a better job at preventing such nastiness in the future. So that school board says it still needs to gather all of the information before taking any action, and they say they are in contact with the uh, sports authority, the CIF. The board is set to meet again this Thursday to vote on a resolution denouncing racism, racial discrimination, and showing the district's support for equity, safety, and the well-being of students. Yo, that one the one lady was like, no, this is just like a different version of the same thing that's been happening every time we play that team. Sure. Yeah. And so instead of like taunts, now they're actually getting physical. So what's the next step, right? Like, it's just, it seems to be escalating. Uh, yeah, not good. Not good. I've seen, I have seen this kind of shit. Um, I went to a you know, private Catholic boys school. I went to a lot of sports games. I, I like sports. And I saw a lot of shit. I saw a lot of dumbass shit that my classmates would pull or say, or, you know, nothing was ever concerted. Nothing ever got to the point of being like a going concern, like everyone's doing it, right? We're all throwing tortillas at someone, but there were a couple. There were definitely, there were always a few. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just always something that's like lurking there under the, just under the surface and can bubble over at any moment. So um, hopefully they put the kibosh on this now because words and then tortillas and then what's next, right? Someone's going to get hurt.
And I think like not going after the students is important too, because the students like this is like a fa- failure of leadership, right? Completely, completely. And who's this? Per- who's this instigator from UC Santa Barbara? <laughs> I don't know. Probably <laughs> fucking. It could be anybody. I mean, UC Santa Barbara is not really. I mean, it must be alumni, I guess, of the high school. So talk to the alumni association as well. Um, but yeah, the, I love the the he's, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Yeah. Pretty sure that's what they said about Derek Chauvin and Santa Santa Barbara is basically else. Santa Barbara is basically like Willow Glen by the water. Honestly, if we're going to be yeah. completely honest, that's what Santa Barbara is like with mission style houses. Yeah, although they got some of those in Willow Glen too. So up next, we got Bay Area. Get your shit together, and well, the Bay Area has to get its shit together. Although nobody should be surprised by this story, mm-hmm. the Bay Area is becoming more racially and economically segregated. It's one of the most diverse areas of the nation, but a new study out of UC Berkeley says the Bay Area has also become more racially divided. Where can you afford to live and how much money do you make? UCB's Othering and Belonging Institute says entire counties in the North, South and East Bays are now more racially and economically segregated than in past decades. The chief culprit may be the cost of housing and what's called single-family zoning, which prevents many neighborhoods from building anything other than detached single-family homes. So zoning is a big part of the story, and it's a big part of the story because it makes it much harder if not impossible, to build affordable housing in the market. In fact, the Institute refers to the result of housing disparity as, quote, racial residential segregation, saying housing incomes and home values in white neighborhoods are nearly twice as high as those in communities of color. Where you live determines where your children go to school. It determines whether you're close to a job or have to commute far. It determines whether you're close to amenities, restaurants, goods, you know, pharmacies, doctors, everything. Some cite inequity in long-term policies and the rise of our tech industry as factors in growing economic inequality. When we talk about equity in in terms of housing, these issues are deep and systemic. Uh, That guy's got a nice house. Equities cited in that study are literally the product of generations of, of policy. Right, Ironic. Of loss. And unless change happens soon, the trend is deeper housing and economic disparity leading to more separation. There'll be more wealth gained in 2021 by homeowners, um, like up to like, it's like 13% or more in the year. And that then furthers that, 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 that segregation that we're talking about. Moving forward, there are some reasons for hope in the situation. Here I am at the top of the hill in what looks like no, like the fucking the top of like DuPost or something where all the rich people live talking mm-hmm. about housing inequality. You know, got to be in the safe part of town. So right. they're considering revising or even scrapping their single family zoning laws, while tech companies say they're pledging hundreds of millions of dollars to fight housing inequality. We'll keep you posted, please. In San Francisco, Scott Budman, NBC, Bay Area News. The guy's name is Budman. I hope he was yes. high. No, I, I love his name. He's one of my favorites, Scott Budman. <clears throat> yeah, the tech companies, I mean, they are. They they are putting a ton of money into programs and, and trying to support, you know, uh, affordable housing and homelessness services programs, right, and, and preservation programs. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what their profits are, right? Look at us, look at us valiantly nothing. trying to appear to be uh 
solving a problem we helped perpetuate for the last 20 years. Per, correct. And why in the world weren't you thinking ahead and, and, you know, and working on this to begin with, right? This should have all been built into your, your business plan. Um, but that wasn't the plan. The plan was to make a ton of money and not necessarily worry about, you know, the consequences at the end of the day, just build it all up and make that money and pay off the investors. Um, and who cares if the people that work in your cafeteria is at your, you know, huge tech complex that no one can ever leave. Who cares if the cafeteria workers and the people that clean the bathrooms can afford to live in the area or if they're commuting like two or three hours from their house in Tracy to come clean up your shit, right? What do you care? Because you're making your money and you're not the one that has to sit in four hours of whatever back and forth commuting every day. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for the largesse after the fact. It would have been great to have you on board from the beginning being more conscientious about the effect that you're having. So when um, I was doing, when I was nah. like, when I was like an intern, when I was like interning or working part-time while I was going to grad school, right? I bought into this, we're going to fucking save the world shit. I was at parties in the fucking, like the subterranean floor at the Yahoo building where like there were DJs and shit, but then some fucking rich tech bro would come up and talk about how we're fixing the world for like five minutes drunk off his ass, probably rolling tits off of Molly or something. Right. Like I bought into this shit too. Like, and I think that <clears throat> that idea is used to shield the industry from a lot of stuff. Sure. It's that, sure. that optimism we had where yeah. it was all very hackery and like a lot of old hippies were kind of running the scene and yeah, it's kind of like faux altruism or something. Right. Just, right. And that, people still believe that shit and it was wrong then. And it's even more wrong now. Yahoo is mm -hmm. not going to save the world. And I wasn't helping to like do anything close to saving the world by taking acid and MDMA at a party. Like right. I, I like DJ like those it, parties for free at a time when I was charging people $600 for an hour of my time, like to spin because the rave scene was blowing up and I was, you know, I had that, I had that fucking music sounds better with you record that nobody else had. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Uh, so like I bought into this shit. The only thing is like, I think some people snapped out of it and the people who got rich, I yeah. think they never snapped out of it. They think they are. I think a lot of those people still think they're saving the world. When, before <laughs> the pandemic, I would meet those people out and about just uh, on the Avenue where I live. And I'd start talking to them and be like, Oh, I'd be out maybe with a, with one of, uh, one of two different Brandons. And we'd spot those people. We'd be like, Oh, look, we got to go. Great to meet you. Thanks for hanging out. Fucking thanks for buying us a drink. We're out of here peace not trying to listen to you tell lies for the next hour you drunk fuck but <clears throat> like this this should come as no surprise like as the pandemic starts to come to an end people like we thought i mean by the way i think that may change because i think we will see a uh we will see a bust in commercial real estate along north first street i think that fucking that shoe hasn't dropped yet but what the problem that's going to happen there is i think those motherfuckers are all going to turn those into like luxury fucking places for rich people to live instead of like making lofts for artists if they can get yeah if they can get away with it if they can get the zoning change there's a lot of, there's actually a lot they'd have to undo in terms of entitlement and planning and zoning right now just because that that whole area up in north first street is slated for dense housing and dense commercial um or at least denser uh taking these industrial parks right these spread out parks and campuses and uh condensing them right creating more uh, more opportunity um and uh yeah no but we'll see it, it the market could be shifting on us as we speak and um that could disrupt the planning process too but 
it would take a lot to untangle where things are headed. So hopefully that's not the case. I really hope that we don't end up with a bunch of more luxury single family homes. We have enough of those in San Jose. Um, or luxury even, or uh, like, I don't condos, know. Uh, disposable rises. thumb in the chat just kind of made a good point too. It's like, oh, you know, these companies want to move in and they, they, you know, get offered all these tax breaks. I will say that San Jose has been pretty good by telling these fucking people, excuse me, no, what are you giving me? At least with Google. Yeah. Very much so. Or no, they, when, when Amazon was like, oh, we'd like to have yeah. bids, San Jose was like, well, you know, we have this space that you might be able to use and you get nothing. Yeah, no, it's the, but the big, the big uh, companies, they have been, they've been making hay and they've been making a, a big public deal out of it. It's with other developments, right? Like there's also still on the books today, there's incentives for anyone who wants to build a commercial high rise downtown, right? All the fees are waived basically at this point, like the, the, housing fees, the traffic impact fees, the whatever, the park impact fees, all of it's just waived if you want to build a commercial high rise because they're so desperate for commercial activity. Do, do they um, even consider what it's going to do to the people who rent a fucking apartment in the neighborhood? Is that not even part of the equation when they consider like when they're going to like, is there a, is there a housing price impact fee impact fucking like assessment? Yes. Well, no, that that's, they're supposed to, uh, every development housing or otherwise, but, but commercial as well. Um, or at least they're looking at it for commercial development, um, has a housing, uh, an impact linkage fee. Um, so you, it's based on square footage and you pay a certain amount, certain dollar amount per square foot um, in your new development towards a, a housing, uh, affordable housing fund or towards, uh, you know, affordable housing projects that are already on the books. Um, but yeah, there's, there is an impact fee associated with it. They have been attempting to get that applied to all commercial properties. It's been a challenge, but all housing, all new housing developments have an impact fee like that, um, especially new high rises and ones that are set for, you know, sale, right? For market rate, anything that's market rate is being offset or supposed to be offset by funds or by units. There's also an opportunity you have if you want to build affordable units in your building, right? Um, you have to build up to 15% or at least 15% of units in the affordable range, but you can also put the units on site and not have to pay the fee. I mean, but the, I, fee, I, the fee is usually cheaper, so people, they usually just take the fee. I have like a whole other view on this. I think that like the idea of market rate is like the problem. <laughs> like, yeah, well, what's market rate, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that, that's the problem. Yeah, is that like exactly? Is like there's the market rate in downtown San Jose or where I live. Like, if I had to pay fucking market rate for this place, just based yeah, on the already, square footage, oh my it's god, it's already out of control. Yeah, I mean, the, the rate you're paying right now, which is rent controlled in, uh, as well. No, it's not rent controlled. Oh no, that's right. You're in Campbell. That's right. I forgot. Um, it would it's, be in it's Tennessee. rent controlled insofar as the lady who owns this building is in a monster. Right. Um, in San Jose, you would be rent, like in San Jose, you would be rent controlled. But yeah, the rate you're paying now is like. Yeah, it would be considered extremely low income or, you know, um, level. Right, but compared, I'm, I'm not even in that, that, I mean, I don't you're, know. You are not. Yeah, you're not. The rent, but the rent you're paying would be what, like, a, what they would call affordable, right? Or I don't know. Low income. As time's gone on and I've spent more time doing this and less time doing the thing that makes me money, I may be drifting more and more towards low income, but boy, is it fun. Hey, man, it's, it's all about doing what you love. You just have to make enough. You just have to make enough to survive. You can do what you love. That's what I say. And like, like you said, there's an extra room at your place. So whatever. Always. If you ever need, ever need to crash, man, that's the good thing about having, you have, keep your friends close. Try to start, try to stay cool with your family because you never know when you're going to need them. And we never know when they're going to need you. My sister's place also has an empty room, but that place is nice. fucking chaos. Ah, uh, kids. Oh yeah. But they wouldn't mind me at all. I can make all the Uncle noise Dave. I want there. It wouldn't be me. Uncle it would, be, I would not be the problem. 
Uncle Dave. Oh, that'd be um, terrible. I would love to have you as my uncle, honestly. I think I think you'd be a lot of fun. I'm a little if I was young. a little kid. I would be your uncle, because I'm a little young to be your uncle. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, we're going to move on into uh, down, oh no, uh, down ballot watch. We got the San Jose flea, what's going on with the San Jose flea market? I haven't been cover, like cover, I'm sorry, paying any attention at all to it. Covering so it's many, the wrong word. So many things. We're going to find out a little bit in this story, but the long story short is that it's been around for many, many years, 50, 60 years. Um, it's a great place. We all have a lot of memories there, but like anything else, life and the world is changing around it. BART has now moved in next door. There's a BART station looming over the flea market now. So um, for the past 10, 12 years, um, it's been on the uh, on the way to redevelopment, um, speaking of which. Uh, and we're going to find out a little bit more about where things stand right now because the vendors apparently weren't aware of this and they're not very happy about it. Good morning. Thanks for joining us for our midday newscast. I'm Marcus Washington. And I'm Laura Garcia. Happening now, South Bay vendors caught in the middle of a large-scale development plan in the South Bay. That plan involves a major overhaul on the same land where a popular flea market takes place. And now, facing an unwanted move, those vendors are on a hunger strike. NBC Bay Area's Chris Sanchez live at City Hall this morning where a critical vote may be playing out today. Chris? Hi there. We're actually out here at the flea market in question, Oops. and we're listening to that council vote here on our phones uh, via YouTube, as a lot of those vendors are as well, trying to figure out what their future holds. But after a two-day hunger strike and two days of public comment and city council discussion, the council voted against continuing this conversation for another week. Now, the representative for the property owner said, and the, and the council member for that district say that there is no better deal than what is on the table right now. However, some of the vendors who are currently on that hunger strike say they were only allowed to the table when there wasn't enough time to negotiate. The council was divided on whether more time would change anything. All right, so uh, as we mentioned, that council meeting is ongoing right now. Here is what's on the table the, for the Berryessa Flea Market, or San Jose uh, Flea Market, or La Pulga, as it's also called. The market would shrink to five acres versus 15, uh, as it has been for decades. $3.4 million square foot development is part of that plan what was on the table up until yesterday it's an offer that was supposed to expire yesterday was that there would be no closure this is already making me mad than july 1st of because i already know the solution so the vendors would have time <clears throat> and the family that owns the property would offer up yo isn't having like a space for a flea market and a fucking um um, um farmer's market like a good thing that you could just include in whatever the fuck's gonna like can't we just make everybody happy here like yeah. for fuck's well, sake no, absolutely. That was the and that was the idea. It and the space that has been reserved for that very purpose within the new development has progressively gotten bigger as negotiations have gone on. Right, it was sort of a a small footprint, like a little baby shoe footprint at first, um, and then it grew a little bit. And they're like, oh, it could be a two story indoor outdoor kind of a market situation, right? So we could fit even more no, people in. They're trying to turn it into Santana Row, and they can kiss my ass. Like, yeah, no, no, that, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's not good, but it, the thing is, no matter what it was, if you incorporate it in the new development, it's not going to be the La Pulga, right? It's, it's not going to be that. It's going to be something different, but the idea is that they, you know, all the vendors get first right of refusal. They get reasonable rent. They even get moving assistance or, or transition assistance if they need it, right? They're, but the, the bottom line is that this has been on the way to happening for 10, 12 years. And 
it's not as though the, the vendors didn't have, know anything. It's not as though they had no earthly idea that this was happening, that this was going to happen. They are getting active now because it's it's becoming real and it's actually you know moving forward as opposed to being theoretical. There have been community meetings on community meetings on community meetings. And you know when BART was was slated to come into the area, right? The BART station that's there now, the huge housing developments that are all around the flea market now, right? Like it's basically the last space left in this Yo, urban no. village around this BART station to develop. No. And if if no one thought this was coming, they're they're fooling themselves and they're getting involved way too late and they could have gotten more if they had gotten involved earlier and they still have and they still have the leverage that's the thing they still have the leverage because it's not like the developers are going to walk away so they can still get more but they could have had even more if they had just in a more sensible solution like you're talking about if they had come to the table sooner no fuck the developers like well i mean it's their it's their land (laughs) right but like this is like this is like right next to a BART station. This is like an opportunity to like have a public space. And that just seems yes. like from what you're telling me and from what I've been hearing, like just in the periphery about it, it seems like this being a big public space is just off the table. No, I mean, that's, that's, there's a huge public space built into the new development that's going to have housing and retail and other commercial opportunities and places for people to live and work and play. And yes, a large public space around the the station like that that's part of the larger scale plan but it's not as though we can keep this big flat parking lot and you know uh and pulga the way it is yeah, forever it's out. just it's just too we should wild out too, and throw fucking raves there fuck it it's party they did they, they had the bacon festival my band played there it was, it not, was awesome i mean i, I mean a it, was rave. Good, it was good times um, i'm talking about a rave. but it's yeah but it's but th- there's just nothing there's nothing you look at any other bar station in the bay area you know like i'd, I'd like to see it shape up more like the fruitvale area honestly now has around around it it's very very public very plaza oriented very walkable you know but that's really what the plan is um and it's not that that is i absolutely think that the the flea market should be integrated somehow in a market like that should be integrated somehow but it's never going to be like the the rustic you know 66 50 60 year old place it's going to be a little swankier it's going to be a little more like san pedro market um but that's just Sadly, that's progress, and that's capitalism, and that's that's the world. I hate to sound, hate to sound like a Republican, but it is their land, and it, at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I just and that's like, the, and the, it's the it's the plan that the city made, and then the plan that the community was engaged on to some extent. Obviously, I know that we all know that the community engagement sucks when it comes to the city, but they they did do the they did do the outreach they had to do. They did do the meetings they had to do, right? Um, and they did maybe they did a shitty job of advertising them or involving people or really physically engaged like going out and grabbing people and dragging them to meetings um but i i see this time and again this is just the, it's the same old story folks are upset because they feel like they weren't involved early enough but and the there was an opportunity but they weren't you know they didn't know about it didn't get the outreach and they just don't know how to get involved they don't know how to negotiate they don't know what it takes to to get what they want and like I said, they still have the leverage now because the developer's not going to fucking walk away. Well, so you know, they, I don't know. It's I good just, that they're it's good that they're fighting for it, um, and then they're going to get more than they they got coming in. So there has been progress made. Um, I'm just but, I'm just thinking like the smallest seat at the table right now is the people who sell the shit at the flea market, and like I don't know, flea markets are cool. And if we turn this shit into some fucking if we turn this shit into some Santana Row flea market, it's not going to be fucking cool anymore. Yeah, I mean, of course not, but that's, you know, it is, it is what it is. Like, it's not going to stay, it, it was never going to stay the same forever. It was never going to be La Pulga forever. And anyone who thought it would, like, I, I don't know where they're, what they're thinking of. Um, because the minute, the, to me, 
the minute that Bart station comes in, like I, I, even if I didn't know that Bart was coming through, even though they should have known, even when the, if I didn't know all this new housing that's suddenly there was going to be developed around me, it kind of would have triggered something in my head to say like, Hey, maybe something's going to change soon. Maybe things are changing. Maybe I should find out. Maybe I should ask our landlord, Hey, what's going on? And, you know, of course, the landlord said, well, we have no plans to close it right away. But the landlords were not shy about saying, yeah, we're redeveloping the property at some point. We'll give you ample notice. And they're going to get ample notice before they have to leave as well. So it's not as though, you know, they're going to get kicked out like a homeless encampment gets swept. Um, well, no, it's not going to be get, like live during the you know, flea market. Like, I understand. No. Yeah. I yeah. Just, so, and, yeah, but it sucks. And I wish I wish it could be something a little cooler and hipper. But oh, um, yeah, me too. That's just, but again, it's in fucking San Jose. So yeah. what do you think? Well, it's, fucking, it's, it's, it's about, it's the good news is that there's groups, there's, there are individuals, there are leaders who are getting people engaged earlier on these issues and, in, and at stages of these issues of development when you can actually make a difference. That's the thing. There's, it's, it's knowing when the, t you know, getting involved at the time when you can actually make a substantial difference in the plans before they get too far down the road, before it becomes like this, uh, snowball rolling down the hill right it's really hard to stop that um the same reason the developers won't get out of the project right is the same reason it's really hard to change the project because they've invested so much money and so much so many resources in it already right they're not going to back away but they're also going to be really stubborn about what they want right um and at the end of the day it is their property and if they're checking all the boxes they're checking all the boxes so you can elect better people who set better zoning policy we can get people involved sooner in the process that's what we can do um, I mean, I can't do shit. I'm not even in San Jose. You can in Campbell, though. Same same problems exist in Campbell, guaranteed. Same, even worse because it's a smaller big, city and we not have less, a big less flea market here. Less people paying attention. That hey, the Dell Avenue redevelopment, all of that area, like that's a that's a big. Uh, it's not one property, but it's a big plan. It's a big development, and um, it's a big chunk of the city's future. <clears throat> oh no, fuck, fuck that! Like tear that shit down. Yeah. So watch, so watch out, but watch out. That's what they're looking at. If they're looking at developing in Campbell, it's going to be along the Winchester corridor, yeah. along Dell, yeah, along that industrial area on the on the west side of Winchester. So watch out. Anyway, so San well, Francisco is going to require all city employees to be vaccinated, or they could get fired. So like fucking. This is uh, San Francisco has gotten their shit together in down ballot watch, I think. It will require all city employees to be vaccinated for COVID-19 or risk losing their job. KTVU's Christian Kaftan joins us now live from City Hall. And Christian, the city says it's hoping it doesn't come to that. Leaders say they are planning to work with city workers. And that's right. The city is saying universal vaccination for all city employees is the goal. But to start with, they need to figure out who's been vaccinated so far. The city of San Francisco's Department of Human Resources is releasing details on its plan to make sure all 37,000 city employees are vaccinated. The director of Human Resources says that means starting Monday, the city will take a snapshot of where city employees are when it comes to vaccinations. We are asking our employees over the next 30 days to report to us their vaccination status. Uh, this is consistent. Those are city employees, like 99.9% .9 of the fucking people are vaccinated. You would hope so, especially these in San are like Francisco, civic right? minded people. They're vaccinated. You hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, hopefully they're not like this, the county sheriffs here who were uh, reluctant or hesitant, I guess, at first. But yeah, no, you would a think. County you would sheriff think this is, is not a civic minded person. They're like a skull cracking <laughs> minded person. But they're still county employees. And, and they'd be, and we're talking cops and firefighters. And, uh, oh, San in Francisco San Francisco. Too, so. That's right. Because it's the city and county of San Francisco. Yeah. And they're city of those. So they're city employees. So, uh, 
That's the only group I could imagine being a little Again, hesitant, but you're right. Well, that group's going to skew in a, per in a particular direction too, isn't it? And then we're going to find yeah. out they're not getting vaccinated again. Right. It ain't the fucking it ain't fucking basic Becky with the live, laugh, love fucking shit up in Napa. It's her husband no. who's a, who lives with her up in Napa and commutes to be a sheriff in San Francisco. That's right. Who it it's is. not it's not the public works, you know, or procurement specialist one who's procurement specialist two or something who's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right? it's not the bureaucrats. Right. They, they are definitely interested in probably already have the vaccine. They probably got it three times for all we know. Um, so I think, I think San Francisco's safe. And they're, you know, to be honest with you, it's not like they're saying like, you know, tomorrow you have to be vaccinated. They have until the FDA, is it the FDA? I forget. Who was it? Who is it? CDC, FDA, right? Says um, that it's not an emergency sanction for the, for the vaccines. It's once it's fully sanctioned, right? Then even after that, you have like 10 weeks to prove that you're fully vaccinated so they've got plenty of time time they're not going to get cracked down I, tomorrow I think it, could be again, like, it could be like a year before they actually have to show proof oh i think that if if this like if we get demographics of who didn't do it you mentioning the sheriff's department which is going to skew a lot, a lot of white men a lot of white men in their 40s and 50s and, the police, and shit, yeah. i think that's going to be where like the people who won't take the fucking vaccine yeah are. well it'll be really fun to find out right who who it is like once once all the what now that they're actually like mandating it once we get closer to that mandate it'll be really fun to find out who those people oh. are that aren't getting it oh, i'm sure we'll there's hear an anti-vax protest we could go we could be like down ballot on the scene councilman it, it might be the poa who knows i know where the poa headquarters is so it's it's right oh, down if there they do one in santa clara county we're for sure going i know you work from home oh, yeah. i work from home we're going do it We'll, we'll do it and the police station is right is near the light rail so it's very convenient we could the, uh, the light rail doesn't run right now but by july 4th, oh that's right what i hear that's right um that's right. but i uh rest in peace i'm sorry we we go undercover i could teach you like four catchphrases and we could just get people to say dumb shit like on our video nice all right i'm down <laughs> do it on down. twitch irl it'll be fun here here's the rest of this fucking clip let's hear from carol um that uh uh authorize this and allow us to get that information the city says it will then set up a vaccination program for those who haven't yet received. oh we're too late for santa clara county according to the chat they already fucking did that shit june 1st so like the six people who went out to protest it they <laughs> oh shit yo yeah, well, i was like on my way to like um <clears throat> like right when we were uh, sh like right when we were um just finishing like having access to the space we were using for work and uh I had to get off like over by the courthouse and I saw three people with QAnon signs. It was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so then I like turned around and I came back and I saw three people with QAnon signs. Yeah. And then I turned around and I came back and I saw three people with QAnon signs. And then I kept going. <laughs> they didn't deserve a photo shoot or anything like that. Oh dear. Receive the shots. The Human Resources Department also saying that 10 weeks after the Food and Drug Administration gives final approval to at least one COVID vaccine, all city employees must be vaccinated. The city will consider medical and religious exemptions. The policy medical, yes, religious, no. That fuck that shit. Like, we yeah. don't do any atheist shit here, and I don't lean hard on that shit, but fuck that shit. I don't give a oh, fuck. Yeah, and, it's, and that's already been outlawed at the state level for education, so I understand why they're giving the exemption here. I heard that from mm -hmm. London Breed and one of the other stories covering this she's like we, we'll honor that exemption it's like wait a second the state fucking said no to that for educational purposes so for our kids it's not cool but for your employees you'll take a medical you'll take a religious exemption okay like yo like like it's really important and we don't i don't think we i've ever said this on down ballot i'm just gonna go right out here religion is pretend Ooh. it is a real phenomena that happens in our world but it is based on things that are pretend 
Correct. And, and a virus is real. And Correct. that's just all I'm going to say about it. So fuck your Correct. religious exemption. Correct. There's absolutely, I have no problem with you telling your stories and hanging out and having story time and book, book club on Sunday. But yeah, I might even go. Yeah, right. If like if I heard if the music is cracking and there's nothing else to do and the church starts Sunday at noon, I'd be like, oh, I heard sure. the music's cracking over there. Let's go. And they got good food afterwards. And, you know, if you're looking for a, a special friend, you know, sometimes you can find it. Um, but, but yeah, keep, keep out of my public health. Keep out of my science. Keep out of my government. That's all I ask. Discipline up to and including termination if they fail to comply with the policy. That job sucks. That person definitely needs a vaccine. She hopes it Picking up the poop. We are not thinking about termination or discipline. We're thinking about education, uh, working with our employees, outreach, this person is lovely. services, yes, I like and her. to help our employees to get through whatever they need to get through to take that single most important step they can take for their own safety. She's a people person. Labor unions say they were surprised by the policy. The head of yeah. the muni operating union says he's concerned with language like mandatory and termination. We are in. But the bus driver, yo, the bus driver is one of the most likely people in your community to be like, yeah, I'll go get the vaccine. Well, listen, listen to his um, his explanation here. It's kind of interesting. Anybody and everybody getting the vaccine. Anybody and everybody getting mandatory and termination we are in favor and in support of anybody and everybody getting the vaccine if he or she desires however we are not in support of mandatory vaccines we are not in support of forced vaccines san francisco's police union says they felt blindsided by the announcement the union what's your cops you have guns on the issue of mandatory vaccination not very wait a minute excuse me how are you They're supposed to be Dave. How are you supposed to be prepared for a person who's having a mental health incident with no warning when like a memorandum comes along? You're like, oh shit, <laughs> blindsided by it. Shut the fuck up. You do this <laughs> coming. That's just where I'm telling you the cops and the fucking sheriffs for the county no, are gonna be the ones. That's where all the anti vaxxers are gonna be. Yes, well, no one consulted them. That's the thing. No one consult no one asked them first. Another fucking reason I hate the police. They don't want to get a vaccine either, and they're like the most likely to come into like intimate, even violent contact with another person. Yeah, you know who's getting the vaccine? The fucking fire department. It better be. There ain't no. There ain't no song that says "fuck the fire department." <laughs> but the fire department—they're all vaccinated, right? In fact, sure. the fire station is probably a vaccine site for fuck's sake. I would hope so. I but, would hope so. Oh no, the the police are mad about a vaccine. Shut the fuck up. All right. They're the ones I mean, who have it, to enforce the mandate if it comes along anyway. It's really the easiest way. Like you, every workplace just sets up a vax site, you know, for every worker coming back and you just get, you get faxed. You want to come in, you got to get faxed. Release without their input. Union Vice President Tracy McRae says she wants to see the policy before coming to any conclusions. Oh, she's wearing a fucking, that, she's wearing that fucking, she's wearing that cop terrorist fucking shit on her arm. They shouldn't be allowed to wear that. She had the Blue Lives Matter thing Yeah, on look at that on her arm. You can see it. It's like on her, her right arm. Didn't Fuck we have a story shit. about that? With Didn't we have a story about that with someone with that and their, like, their email signature at, at a local city or something? Yeah. They had the Blue Lives Matter thing in their, in their email signature, yeah. That flag means that this blue line is protecting the people above the flag. I hope like that's not what it is. The miscreants below. It's a fucking disgusting thing to have on your arm. I hope that's not what that is, but yeah. That's what it is. There's no way that's not a Blue Lives Matter flag. Uh, you're, kind of, yeah, you're kind of right. We, didn't we see this the other day with uh, someone from... It wasn't uh, SFPD. It was sheriff's office somewhere. I can't remember. Alameda? Same thing. 
like the firefighters don't wear a oh like, you know this is you know this is a poa shirt this is that yeah that's their that's her union shirt that's not her uniform that's yeah, her union shirt yeah that's yeah, a bad she, look for the union she's from the pol- oh okay never mind she's may not yeah. even real, she may not even be a cop she may be a former co- I, I understand now. <laughs> no she probably she probably is active but um she's the vp so she's probably off duty to be the vp she probably gets a stipend of some sort and what kind of latitude does your employer the state government, federal government, what does that allow them to do and to ask you for? And it hasn't really been explained. Wait, you should talk to the cops who ask people if there's drugs in their car for no reason. What does the state have the right to ask you for? Excuse me, ma'am. Like this, that's a I little smell bit. smell the a, marijuana. That's a, that's a strange position for the head of, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yes. a strange position for a police. Oh. Yes. Like basically claiming illegal search and seizure. Right. Fourth Amendment. A number of unions say they'll be conferring with the San Francisco Labor Council to determine what their next move is. Many say while they were fighting to make sure vaccine was available to their workers, they also say they're planning on fighting any efforts to make it mandatory for those same workers. We're live in San Francisco. Christian Kaftan, KTVU, Fox 2 News. What the fuck are the police stopping, trying to stop some fucking state action thing from being mandatory? That's the police's whole business model. Right? Like, what the fuck do the police do except enforce mandatory shit for the state? Shut the yep. fuck up. I can't believe yep. that. <sighs> anyway. Government hands off my policing. <laughs> like, yo, we're here to, like, enforce the most ridiculous version of <clears throat> the power of the state in, in such a way that people in our profession often just murder folks and get away with it. <sighs> but we're, like, right? really against government overreach as far as, like, people's health is concerned. You know, come on. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll uh, we will definitely keep an eye on this, and I, I want to find out. I, I think you're right. Let's let's track if we can. You know who are the most resistant folks? It's gonna be the cops. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm all da- I'm totally down to go to the the POA if they have a protest too. That would be fabulous. <laughs> Yo. Um. Maybe we can get one of those Blue Lives Matter shirts. Maybe they have like a store. We have to go undercover, right? The POA store. Yeah, maybe. Um, or we can find someone who works for the PD and have them order it. A sympathetic character. Who knows? All right. Well, hey. We'll see what's going on there. What, what do we got next? We got Recall Watch? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I guess the recall of the California governor, Gavin Newsom, is officially, officially, they like counted the, the ballots and like, or the, the votes, and they were able to verify all the votes. And only like 43 of the the or not the votes the signatures for the recall like only 43 of the signatures were rejected or the people that made the signature said they wanted it off so we're good to go the recall is on it's and on of course from la jolla california is going to be like somebody talking to the news from the fucking california gop this is four minutes long that's going to allow me to pee and uh get myself oh, another beer it's going to be a fun night tonight everybody well, yeah, this is the G, uh, oh, representative sorry. of the California GOP talking to the local news. It's good, ev- good evening, San Diego. Good the recall evening. campaign against Governor Gavin Newsom is another step closer to moving forward. Yesterday, California Secretary of State Shirley Weber verifying the signatures on the petition. So far, only 43 people have opted to have their names removed. Ellie Hockenberry from the California Republican Party is joining us now to talk more about the campaign. Ellie, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me on. So what happens next? So many have been watching what is now kind of going nationwide, not even people in California watching the outcome or will be from this recall. What's the next step? 
Well, you're absolutely right. There is officially going to be a recall election. We got the news this week that only 43 Californians withdrew their signatures from petitions. To put that in perspective, you could fit more Californians than that in the single seating at Gavin Newsom's favorite restaurant, the French Laundry. This governor has 100% earned this recall, and he's done that by his massive failures in his record, whether it's the sky-high unemployment rate, his unemployment department that has over a million Californians currently sitting in a backlog, his sky-high taxes, including the gas tax that's set to go up on July 1st. Uh, the record of failures of this governor and his incompetence goes on and on, and that's exactly why he's earned this recall. And this is just the second time in state history that something like this has happened. That 30-day window, it gave people the opportunity to withdraw their names, but as you mentioned, just 43 people that actually decided to follow through with that. I mean, what is this going to mean for California moving forward as far as costs? Are we seeing something that will have an effect as we get closer and closer to that date of, of an election? Well, if we want to talk about costs, I think a cost that the governor should really explain to Californians is why upwards of $31 billion of our hard-earned uh, tax money was spent in fraudulent payments to uh, criminals in his unemployment department. There is so much... Oh, because they scammed the state, happening actually. ...as a result of this governor. And just this week... That was a problem from, like, the, the lowest data entry person all the way through middle management and all the way to the top. So does she want to, like, go after all the people who were just working too because there was that whole that whole structure was fucked up yeah no I, I, uh, I don't know what the process was but um you know it is it is what it is it's it's uh i figured they were gonna pass it anyway you don't get a lot of people in any campaign removing their signatures from a, a petition no matter how hard you try um at spreading the word and, and debunking it. So this this was going to happen. They threw enough money at it. You can get anything on the ballot in, in California if you throw enough money at it. So um, it's just, a, it's just a, sorry. Yeah, it's just the, the GOP's effort to win a statewide race the only way that they can, which is creating one. Um, they can't win flat out in a statewide race these days. So this is their way around it. I tagged you in for some of my more skeptical anti sort of galaxy brain humidor friends when they were having questions about the galaxy. Uh, the California. I am I am happy to answer any galaxy brain questions about the recall or anything uh, California politics related. So anytime. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Found out that he has massively been overstating what he's done as far as wildfire prevention by a number of 690 percent. So we have a lot of questions that we need answered by this governor, and that's exactly why this recall election is going forward. I'm curious. The last time this happened, 125 candidates ended up putting their name in the hat uh, for the recall election. Do you expect that many people to begin tossing their name in? Uh, I sure to hope so. Governor? You know, we already have a great slate of candidates who've um, stepped up and said that they are ready to <laughs> not really. forward. And at this point, it's up to them to make sure. Fuck around and mention Austin Bennett, lady. Come on, please. About their vision and why <laughs> they would be a better replacement as governor than Gavin Newsom. And I think we've got a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of candidates who are going to be making that case in the coming weeks and any um, and it's not a tough case to make for why they'd be better than Gavin Newsom. What are we going to see on that recall once we have this election move forward? Those two questions that are going to be asked of California citizens step us through that process. That's right. So on the recall election ballot, there are going to be two questions. First is going to be, would you like to see Governor Gavin Newsom recalled? Yes or no. And if enough voters, 50 plus one percent 
vote yes on that. It'll go through to the next question of who would you like to see replace Governor Gavin Newsom? So we have got to get to 50 plus 1% on question one. And that's why we're going to be very focused on making sure that this governor, uh, his record is a light is shown on it. And we are going to be talking about his record high taxes. We're going to be talking about the sky high unemployment. He did a dinner rate. party. Talking about the homelessness crisis in our country and the wildfire prevention efforts that he just lied about that came to light this week. So we've got to get to 50 plus one and make sure that this governor is recalled once and for all. And I think we have a good shot at that, given that 2.1 million Californians signed their names to a recall petition like in the first place saying here. that they've had enough of this governor's failures and only 43 of those Californians withdrew their names. Uh, Californians have had enough of this governor. They've had enough of his incompetence. And that's why it's going to be recalled later this year. Ellie Hockenberry with the California Republican Party. We appreciate you coming on, breaking down the latest in what will be an ongoing situation. Notice how she didn't mention any of the candidates? No, or the polling that shows that, you know, he's uh, doing just fine um, and <laughs> beating this good. thing back pretty handily. Um, but, you know, always it's always a turnout game, so make sure you vote. Make sure you vote against the recall. Um, you make sure you return. It's going to be all mail-in ballot, more than likely, so it'll be very easy, just like last time. So... Just make sure you get your damn ballot in. Um, she did have a nice joke while you were gone, Producer Dave. She said, 43 people taking their names off. Geez, that's not even enough people to fill the French laundry. Um, yeah, yeah, she did mention that, yeah. So very, very cute, very cute. Um, a lot of cute things I'm seeing from Republicans these days, but I laugh at all of them. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just sad. If they actually wanted to focus on better governance, they would actually sit down and try and govern with the Democrats. Because yeah, there's, there's a lot of division in the Democrats, honestly. It's not as though this, it's some supermajority block in Sacramento. There's division there. So if you wanted to work with them and figure out how to build coalitions, you might actually get some shit done if you really cared about it. But they don't care about it. The media went and interviewed a candidate who thinks thinks he's running. And uh, after the media oh, went to his interview, I wonder if he still thinks he's running because she like <laughs> fucking fuck, she like fucking well, she's like she was like trying to ask him legitimate questions. She got frustrated with him and just started being kind of rude and snarky, and then he couldn't oh, like, really didn't deal so well with it. High speed rail, your thoughts? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, as long as they get on, just like Austin Benny, got to remember to file the paperwork. File the paperwork on time. Otherwise, you're stuck in a write-in campaign. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. The clown car will come out, but there, yeah, I love that. We've got a lot of great candidates. Name one. <laughs> Yo, this is a grift for most of the people doing it. Like Caitlyn Absolutely. Jenner's Absolutely. Absolutely. Even John Cox is. He's, oh, he's gonna sell He'll sell another book out of this, like Me and the Bear. You know, Tales, Tales from the Campaign. Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah, it's it's one it's one big grift. The whole damn thing is a big grift. It's a grift for the the signature gatherers, right? Those guys are the real fucking culp, uh, uh, culprits because they make out like bandits. They're getting like ten bucks a signature, ten bucks a signature for this shit. You know, you're talking millions and millions of dollars for this closet industry, and they don't care. They don't care one way or the other. They'll take anyone's money. If it was Gavin Newsom coming to them for a signature gathering effort, they'd take his money too. Um, so they'll work for anyone. They're free agents, and they make tons of money doing it, and they don't care. They just want to get them, get those dollar bills. They don't care what kind of policy actually gets passed out of it. Uh, anyway, well, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. You know what's really fun, though? Cows. Cows. <laughs> All right, everybody, the show's over for the most part. Uh, podcast listeners, you get like a little, one bonus little segment, though I do encourage you to join us over at twitch.tv slash Media so you can watch this. You can watch the like six or seven songs that play before the show, sometimes two, sometimes three. And you can check out the after show. So what's going on with the cows, man? Uh, they did not want to be at the slaughterhouse. 
I mean, that's, 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 that's a reasonable that's place for a cow. Completely reasonable. I think these cows are very intelligent. Um, so hopefully they, they can, you know, they can continue to roam free, but um, it may not happen. I see this right here in the one, the one be, in, behind the, the, the one, like, you know, in second place. It's like, hey, speed up the fuzzer here. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> Moo. And apparently there was, there was one person trampled, so we'll find out. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is like the actual police footage. It's a fucking cow speed chase. What's this person in this car trying to? Oh, they're fucking. It's for the gram. They're doing it, it for be. the gram. It must be. So this is the actual police footage. Okay, because there's news footage that explains. I can sort of like give you the background of what happened. So apparently, this is in um, Rio something or other, yes, California. This is Pico Rivera. This is uh, oh. Beverly Road, the 9100 block of Beverly Road eastbound, approaching Powers. There you go. They must be leftists. Their sound is P coming out of the left channel. Pico Pico Rivera, apparently, in California. So, uh, apparently, a bunch of cows who were in, stuck in a slaughterhouse. Poor them. That sucks. Um, although, I do like my burgers. Um, yeah, they, they decided they were not having it. So, they got out. There's actually there's two of them here. There's actually a whole gang of them that made their way through the town and were tearing shit up on cul-de-sacs and apparently trampled a person um, <laughs> until they were corralled and brought back to the slaughterhouse. I guess one of them was shot. Not on camera here, but so these are two stragglers. It looks like they're chasing got, this car. This car's like no. They got separated from the pack. So next week I'll bring you the the footage of the stampede coming down the street too. You can we can look up. And by the way, um, late entry to the docket right before it came on the air, there was another story about the uh, public toilets in San Francisco. So uh, we'll have more news about our one of our favorite ongoing stories next week. You can't take a shit anywhere in San Francisco except right in front of the cupcake shop. Correct. Matt Haney is trying to, uh, Supervisor Matt Haney is trying to keep the porta potties open. Apparently, 24 7, uh, all year round, one porta potty, $600,000. <laughs> for staffing, it's for people. For staffing, cleaning, monitoring, safety, et cetera. $600,000 for one of those stations. Maybe not one toilet, but like one of those porta stations. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the wrong business, Bruce Chief. We're in the wrong game. Absolutely. We're in the wrong game. We should be managing our own porta potties. All right, brother. I'll let, I'll let you get to it. Yeah, yeah. Do you need some walking off music? Definitely. Let's wrangle to some, like, I don't know, some MVS or something. I'm always down for MVS. Nice guy. Here's a song called Then Gwen by MVS. Ooh, that's good. I like Damn. that one, too. Fuck yeah. Thanks, everybody, for uh, hanging out for the podcast version of this. If you're watching live, stay put. We're, it's, it's you know, it's going to get weird. It always does. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>